0: Well, we live in momentous times, and we are very much celebrating today, but that's not the full story of it all, we're going to look at what I believe the Spirit of God would say to us about this week. Now, we are in a series, if you like, of looking at accessing the John Knox mantle to take Scotland for Jesus. And let's be honest, if we're going to access that mantle, we need to expect to see what we've seen this week. And and we prophesied it, didn't we? We, we, we decreed it, we've prophesied it. Uh, Thursday night at the Bible College, one of my students came up to me, he's a pastor, and he shared with me uh, a video of last Sunday in his church prophesying. Nicola Sturgeon will resign. Now, it might have taken a lot of people, including the media pack in Scotland, by surprise, but it didn't take the Holy Ghost by surprise. And, you know, I'm going to say this to you, and we'll look at that as we go on today. We have great cause for rejoicing today. The atmosphere has definitely changed with that one announcement, but we should also be sorrowful for a couple of reasons. And we're going to get into that. Sorrowful that Nicola has resigned? Yes. And looking at why. And also looking at the perils of what follows. And that's not fear, Munger. We're not talking here under a spirit of fear. Well, we are. It's a spirit of the fear of the Lord. Okay? But I want to read some scripture. We, we looked at a couple of things. The last two meetings of, of the gathering... And in the first one, we were looking at accessing to John Knox mantle and we looked at the price to pay for that mantle, for that dimension that God wants us to step into that will enable us to take Scotland for Jesus. Let me just tell you this right now. This is the season of mantles. Okay, Got a mantle is a dimension, an area, you could call it a portal, a zone, whatever just to use different. Uh, concepts that that you can live under or step into in order to accomplish the purpose of God in the earth. Okay, we've looked at Elijah, how Elijah, first of all, the prophet Elijah, then that mantle came upon Elisha, who did double the miracles, and then we see it in John Baptist's life and ministry. Uh, Jesus identified him as functioning under that Elijah mantle. And we know that the Elijah mantle in the end days, Malachi, and and we'll bring the restoration of of all things. We just sang about it. The fathers and the children, their hearts being turned towards each other is a major part of it. And maybe this present move of God with the the youth in the Bible colleges, whether it's the children, if you like, the youth, that are turning to the Father. And of course, the older generation embracing it. So uh, so we looked at, at that. Um, the need to pay the price to get that mantle, to get that anointing, to get that dimension of power and authority and equipping that will enable us to take Scotland for Jesus. Then last week, we looked at the necessity to walk in the fear of the Lord. The fearlessness of John Knox... Was because he feared God, he he feared no no demon or no man, because he trembled at at in the fear of the Lord. So you've got to pay the price, and you have to understand that this will not happen with an outpouring of this of the spirit of the fear of the Lord. Let me just say this to you right now, if you could access the fear of the Lord and dump it all over Scotland right now, all over every person, okay, the thousands would be running through that door. Because you would need to evangelize, you would need to do tracks, you would need to, you know, have. you could put your megaphone back in the cupboard. Because the fear of the Lord will drive men to church, the fear of the Lord will drive men to Him. The fear of the Lord will drive men where they should be. And that's what Isaiah 60 is, all those folks, sons and daughters coming, nations coming, kings coming, everybody coming. Why? Because the fear of the Lord is upon them. The fear of the Lord is the cure for every other fear. But today, and I don't know if it will continue this beyond, because glory's coming next week. And, of course, we'll get Bert coming uh, in in three, uh, three weeks on my birthday. Eleventh uh, of March. <laughs> but, <laughs> do you know one of my one of my one of, my, one, of my, one of our members here in the church bought me a big tubby bag. <laughs> Amen. So praise the Lord that, that anointing is is working. But so I don't know if we'll continue this, but but in a sense. I, I believe that everything that we do now is to access what we, we call it the John Knox mantle. But you know, you got you, there's other folks as well, uh, Columba, and all these, these Celtic saints and other mighty men of, of old. Uh, and we talk about George Whitfield. We spoke about um, Pastor Murdoch in Cushite. We, we, there's a lot of anointings in our history, ministries, anointings, mantles. But of course, John Knox took the nation. And so much flowed from him. So we're going to look at the third aspect today of accessing the John Knox mantle. And it's this. We have to confront Babylon. Okay. You know, John Knox functioned in a paradigm. If you go and read what he himself said, he was conscious that his duty, his responsibility, his assignment in the Lord, his task was to pull down Babylon in Scotland. And everywhere he found it. John Knox was a well-traveled man and had an extensive ministry in England and, of course, on the continent. Um, And you ought to read about his life, but he he spoke about destroying Babylon. And, you know, John Knox, the, the Nicola of his day was Mary, Queen of Scots. Amen? As she's known. And another Jezebel and a Jezebel spirit that was off the chaps. So John Knox understood, we, we would maybe call it spiritual warfare. He understood that he was a man at war for the kingdom. And he knew who he was fighting, which was Babylon. And let me just say this to you right now. The Bible speaks about Babylon falling in the last days. And we're in the last days. And, and it's a fall that Babylon won't recover from. But there are periods in history in the Scottish Reformation. In fact, the Protestant Reformation uh, in general was, was one of those. And, and I want to say this as well, not just, to, not just to big John Knox up, because better than me have done it. Martin Lloyd, Lloyd-Jones said that, that Knox was a, was a greater reformer Puritan in, 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 in that respect. He was the, the, the main man, even more than Calvin. Okay. So, John Knox is not always celebrated out with these shores. He is celebrated in America and uh, a lot of places, but he, he, his, his work, his ministry, his life is underappreciated within Scotland, but certainly beyond Scotland. He was a mighty man of God with an astonishing mantle, because he took a nation. And, and let me let me just ask, how many Christian preachers do you know that have taken a nation? So let's read from Scripture anyway, uh, uh, Jeremiah chapter 51. And it's interesting because John Knox has been likened to Jeremiah. Now Jeremiah was the weeping prophet, and of course John Knox wept over Scotland. But l- let me just say this to you as well. It's important to emphasize this. Uh, because the connection again to the Sturgeon issue and so on, John Knox was a major proponent of unionism, and in fact many of the ideas that that went into unionism. See, most of the the unionist thinking back then, before there was an act of union, before the act of uh, you know before the the, the crowns united and the parliaments then united, most of the drive for that. Came from Scotsmen, and a lot of it came from Scottish preachers, and the Covenanters were great Unionists. Amen. So anybody that uses John Knox or the Covenanters as an argument for independence, well, they didn't know them then. And of course, John Knox—he he spoke to the English court, to the English. He was a chaplain to the English king, of course, and he he spoke to. Uh, Mary, Queen of Scots, he was a voice to kings. And isn't that what we've been saying here in the gathering all these months? That God wants to raise us up to speak to kings. Paul was sent to three people groups. His own people, the nations, or the Gentiles, and kings. Isaiah, sorry, Jeremiah chapter 51. Let's read it. Let's read some scripture before. <laughs> Jeremiah chapter 51. Thus saith the Lord, Behold, I will raise up against Babylon and against them that dwell in the midst of them that rise up against me a destroying wind. Let me just say this to you right now. If you come to the gathering and you say, Why am I here? You're here to be a destroying wind. Amen. Amen. Against Babylon. Okay? Well what should Christians be doing? Should we, should we be out there spreading peace, joy, and love and telling everybody Jesus loves them? That's part of it. That's a major way of attacking Babylon. But if you don't understand that you have you, you, you have a charge of warring upon you, waging war. Okay, you're enlisted soldiers, not by me, okay, but by the Lord to be a destroying wind against Babylon because Babylon is that system out there that hates the Lord and hates the kingdom and wants to shut churches down and wants to close down preaching against it and make it hate crime. Amen. Tell someone, oh, Jesus loves you. That's a hate crime. Hold on. You might offend that person. That's Babylon, in case you didn't know. And there's a different manifestation of Babylon back then, but it was the same the same tactics. Don't open your mouth, don't preach. You open your mouth, that's a crime. And back then, by the way, they could and did slay you for it, for preaching. John Knox was the bodyguard of George Wishart. Um, and Wishart, he, he got so much from Wishart in terms of a transference, I believe, of anointing, but also a lot of, of understanding of Scripture. You know, John Knox was a Roman Catholic priest. Amen? But he was, he was gloriously converted, and he used to walk about with George Wishart with a big, huge, two handed sword as his bodyguard. Amen? Thank God that today my bodyguard is an angel and I don't have some big halting guy behind me We're sword. But back then, Wishart needed that. Of course, Wishart was burnt at the stake. Why? Because he preached the gospel. We're not quite there yet, even under Sturgeon. But but they would love to chuck you in jail and, and destroy, cancel culture. Back then, cancel culture meant you lost your life. Today, it should lose, lose everything, livelihood, reputation, yeah? All right. But the Lord says, I will raise up against Babylon. Now, Jeremiah is speaking here, particularly in chapters 50 and 51, about the, the, uh, the upcoming destruction of Babylon. Babylon, the ancient city. And, of course, Babylon, the roots of Babylon were in the Tower of Babel, Nimrod, the Antichrist, and so on and so on and so forth. But what we have to understand here is that, and and scholars will tell you this, there are things that Jeremiah said about Babylon that went way beyond that. In other words, he was prophesying to a future Babylon. And you'll pick up some of this in in Revelation, the language of John. So what he's really saying, if we pick up what, what, what I believe the Holy Spirit is saying to us, is that when the Lord encounters Babylon, he rises up, he raises up sorry, a destroying wind against it. Because Babylon is the arch nemesis of Zion or God's people or Israel or, or in our day the Ecclesia. And I believe this with all my heart. Babylon is the enemy of Scotland. And I want to tell you right now well, where is Babylon then? Is it, is it over there? Is it the EU? Yeah, you find elements over the globalism, the EU, all the, the, the New World Order, so called, and so on. But let me tell you right now you will find Babylon in Holyrood. Amen. You will find Babylon in that chamber of wickedness that sits in Holyrood. And you'll find Babylon in Westminster. You'll find Babylon in politics, because politics is the counterfeit of the kingdom and the antithesis of the kingdom. So it's not just a foreign power. It's not, you know, who do you think you're kidding Mr. Hitler stuff? It's not a foreign power, all the invading force. No, no. It's now become the fifth column within our nation. I will send, I will raise up against, and notice here, I will raise up against Babylon. Babylon is a system, and against them that dwell in the midst of them that rise up against me. In other words, it's, it, it is personal. It's not just, oh the, system, oh, the system. It's against those that are Babylonians. Okay? And, and why is it that way? Because these people choose to take a stand. Psalm 2, the rulers of the earth, the kings of the earth, they take a stand against Yahweh and his son. Amen. And will send unto Babylon fanners that shall fan her, and shall empty her land. For in the day of trouble they shall be against her round about. Fanning doesn't mean getting a wee fan out <laughs> and, you know, in, in a hot day. and fan some, It means to to scatter Against him that bendeth, let the archer bend his bow. This is militant language. And against him that lifteth himself up in his brigandine, and spare ye not her young men, destroy ye utterly all her host. What the Lord is saying here is, I mean business. Babylon has to be destroyed. When you encounter it, you have to destroy it. How do we do that? Well, there's, 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 there's proclamation, there's decrees, there's prayer all the weaponry that God gives us, we don't wrestle against flesh and blood. Okay? You could argue that the mistake that some of these guys did back then um, and the Covenanters did was they took up literal physical arms. Because they maybe didn't fully understand the power of prayer. Of course they didn't. But we're not here setting up a militia and saying, I've met folk like that. Amen? That want uh, a armed insurrection You know, I mean, the most they could probably summon between them is a couple of BB guns that you could buy in a newsagent. But your fantasies of armed insurrection, we're not about that, friends. We don't have to be about that because we've got angelic armies. We've got the power of the Holy Ghost. We've got the power of God's Word, the two-edged sword, which as I shared the other night in Bible College, in Hebrew and Greek means a two-mouthed sword. Okay? God has released his word. That's one mouth. But it only becomes a sharp instrument and weapon of dominion when it's in your mouth. Amen. So we don't need to be handing out rifles here. That's not the spirit we're about. But we are about destroying Babylon. Why would we want to destroy the system? By pulling it down with prayers and decrees. Because the system is oppressing the people. And let me just say this. The reason the system is one of darkness. And the reason that the, the people aren't sitting here from all this area, the thousands that we spoke about earlier in prayer, the reason is because they're blinded by that darkness. And they think the solution is... Politics. We just need to. We need to vote another bunch in, friends. It doesn't matter who you who you vote in. The answer for Scotland is a kingdom government. It's not a political change, and there's no political solution to Scotland or Britain. And that's what John Knox understood. We need Ecclesia Kingdom government. Which, which necessitates having the great harvest that you've heard us speak about, Stevie and, and myself and others. A million plus souls, because let me tell you, you have a million plus people in Scotland and fire with the Holy Ghost. Everybody in about them is going to be sweating and trembling and probably getting their lives right and joining them because the Ecclesia of God is the governmental assembly of God. It's a ruling body. And we're not talking here about being... Uh, autocratic autocratic and tyrants and all that. We're not talking here about a Protestant papacy or any kind of papacy. We're talking about an invasion of the love of God in the land. We're talking about freeing people from centuries of bondage and darkness. We're talking about emptying hospitals. We're talking about giving the young people the education they need rather than the sewer of filth that has been poured upon them oh let's not talk mass today let's just talk johnny do you feel like jenny today no miss well you should be feeling like jenny because i've got a cupboard full of skirts for you to wear come on we need all that junk swept out oh that's hate crime that's hate crime pastor yes it is it is hate. It's hatred of Babylon. Then he says, Thus the slain shall fall on the land of the Chaldeans, and they that are thrust through in her streets. Again, that was a literal thing back in the city of Babylon. We're not being literal here. We're talking about the Chaldeans or the Babylonians as people who are against God's purpose and kingdom. And the slain here is is slain in the spirit. Amen. We're not talking here about an armed revolt. We're talking here about allowing or praying down the kingdom of God and the fire of the Holy Ghost into our land to set people free. And set them free of sickness, set them free of poverty, set them free of, of ignorance, My people are destroyed for lack of knowledge, for for ignorance. For Israel, verse 5, hath not been forsaken, nor Judah of his God, of the Lord of hosts, though their land was filled with sin against the Holy One of Israel. Let let, let me just paraphrase that for our days. For the people, for Scotland has not been forsaken, nor has the church, nor have the people of God, Been forsaken. Though their land was filled with sin, has our land been filled with sin? Amen. We know it. Scotland is not forsaken of the Lord. Britain is not forsaken of the Lord. Flee out of the midst of Babylon. See, let me just say this the solution isn't. Yeah, I, I, <laughs> I, I encounter folks, have encountered them, probably still will. Their solution is, you know, everybody to them is a Freemason. Charles is a Freemason. All these politicians, are all Masons. And, you know, the obsession with, white, oh, they're all in the cult, you know, by the way, they're all sacrificing babies. Did you know that? I'm not saying that doesn't go on. I'm not saying there isn't a dimension of Freemasonry. Let me just say this. There is. There is a cultic in Rome. And some of the folks that shouldn't be involved in it are. I'm not saying these things. But what I'm saying to you is we're commanded to pray for kings and all that are in authority. We're not praying for him. He's, He's a globalist. He's a Freemason. That's why we're praying, folks. Hallelujah. That's why we're praying, because they need it. If you, if your neighbor was uh, uh, addicted to drugs, or you found out, oh, the, oh, that woman next door, she's into their cult, she's got the Ouija board, you'd be praying for her. Amen. But why can't we pray for rulers that are into stuff they shouldn't be? Amen? So what he's saying here, flee out of the midst of Babylon. What, what he's saying here is, The issue is Babylon's the problem. Babylon, the system, the system of darkness, the kingdom of darkness. What does it say in Isaiah 60? We read it almost every week. Arise, shine, your light has come for the glory of the Lord has risen on on you. For behold, the darkness is all around. It's covering the earth. It's all over the people. We need to pray that the darkness be dispelled. He says flee out of the master." He doesn't say change the system, bring in anarchy, pull all the, you know, let's not have a king, let's not have uh, a, a government, let's not have a... They're all masons, let's destroy them all. And then what? Then what? God has ordained the powers that be, the offices of state. They're there under God's hand of authority and endorsement and ordination the problem isn't that we need to destroy destroy all the, the government. Just pull it all down. Just get the right people in. Get the wrong folks out. Get the right people in. Mm-hmm. Just get Babylon out of the ideology of our politicians and our governments. Amen? Change. You know, and we'll talk about Sturgeon in a minute. Just want to continue this. Deliver every man his soul, Be not cut off in her iniquity, for this is a time of the Lord's vengeance. He will render unto her a recompense. There's a recompense against woke ideology. Get that woke ideology out of our public life, out of our thinking, out of our consciousness. Sweep it away, because it's wicked. It's not woke. It's wicked. We don't need people being woke. We need people being awakened to the truth of God's Word. Then he says, verse 7, Babylon hath been a golden cup in the Lord's hand that made all the earth drunken. The nations have drunken of wine, therefore the nations are mad. Don't tell me, do not tell me this scripture has not been fulfilled the last two or three years and, and before that, but, and, and right now. The nations are mad. There's madness out there. Okay. Amen. It was the madness that saw Sturgeon's demise. Mm -hmm. Amen? The The madness that saw Sturgeon's demise. Institutionalizing evil as something good. It's wicked to call that which is evil good. And if you speak against it, you're in jail. Wickedness, but madness... Bab- Watch this verse 8. Babylon is suddenly fallen and destroyed. Howl for her. Take balm for her pain. If so, be she may be healed. Babylon is fallen, is fallen. I want to see this today. Babylon is fallen, is fallen in Scotland. Not just because Nicholas Sturgeon resigned. That's just part of it. A big catalyst in a lot of ways. But I believe we're entering now into a time, a season which will go on and on and just become greater and greater, where Scotland will become the land of destiny God has called Scotland to be. And we will see a kingdom government. We will see a kingdom nation as a prototype for all the other nations. They'll look and go, if we could be like Scotland, we'd be doing well. And I want to say this as well because I want to make no bones about it. That will not happen through independence. Because the spirit behind independence is an antichrist spirit, a rebellious spirit. Scotland's place in the United Kingdom has to and will change. And and this idea, this grievance politics of nationalists that we're downtrodden and we're colonized, well, first of all, that's a lie. But secondly, that that whole thinking will depart and Scotland will be honoured properly within the United Kingdom. and That's not a political thing, because I'm, I'm not interested in politics. What we're speaking about today is kingdom, and kingdom transcends politics. Okay? The United Kingdom is was, and still is, and, and will be united under the gospel, and united in this book, and in the covenant of God. Verse 9, we would have healed Babylon. And that's where I want to start talking a wee bit about Nicola Sturgeon because I did share this with some of you uh, previously, maybe in a meeting, I don't remember. But I had a, a dream, I, 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 one particular dream I remember, I think I had a couple of dreams about Nicola Sturgeon and they surprised me because, I, one and one of them, I'm sitting with Nicola Sturgeon at a cafe and we're sitting... You know, we other people were there in the dream. And we're talking about Scotland. And I sensed, and, and the love of Scotland came up in me and I sensed it in her. And that's when the Lord revealed to me, and I want to talk about this, because you see a lot of stuff about sturgeon. It's just personal abuse on the women online. Foul things about her sexuality, all of that. And we know all of that, and we know that <clears throat> she, she, she had to go. But the level of personal, vile, vitriolic abuse, people stepped over a line, I believe, a lot of the time with that, because that she sat in an office of First Minister, which I believe is something, well, it was set up by Westminster anyway, but it's a valid office. So in other words, if you've got the right person in there, that office can then become a vehicle that God can bless the nation with. You know, you can have a church where the pastor is, you know, a dud. And there, there's not a lot that God can do with that person. But, you know, the folks are there, they need minis- ministry to. And the solution isn't, it? well, shut down the church, sell it, and make a, a mosque out of it, or a house out of it, or a supermarket, whatever it is. The solution is get the right pastor, Amen. because pastors are good. Pastor is an office set up by God. And the Lord showed me in that dream, uh, after the dream and through the dream, he said, I have an anointing, an equipping, a mantle. I've been speaking a bit mantle. In other words, I have an anointing for every national leader. That is available and accessible to them. That if they will just humble themselves and say, Lord, help me to govern. Help me to do my job well. Help me, give me wisdom, like Solomon did. <coughs> the Lord says, I will make things available to them under that for the blessing of the people, and I will protect their incumbency in that office. But if they don't turn to me, read Psalm 2 if they don't turn to me, if they don't kiss the son, lest he be angry. If they don't humble and say, Lord, I'm, I'm getting my Bible out. I'm asking you to speak to me. Send me some good preachers like Bill McMurdo to minister to me. And so because I, I don't have the wisdom. Amen. Solomon said that, didn't he? And look how God blessed him. But they don't, oh no, you have I've read my Marxist. Volumes. I've read my ideology. I got my politics from some Egypt somewhere. They have their own I've got my own ideas. And it certainly ain't that biblical stuff. I'm casting off those cords. I'm, 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 Sam too tells you that's what they do. So what we need and, what, and, and the Bible says we would have healed Babylon. Let me put it another way. We would have healed Scotland. We can say that today. The church or the ecclesia can say today, you know, if they'd only listened to us, the nation would be in a better state. The NHS wouldn't be falling apart. People wouldn't be uh, sitting, waiting months for an operation. There would be justice and fairness in the workforce. Potholes wouldn't they be all over our streets? You know the Bible says that we are the repairer of streets. Did you know that? The people of God. The restorer, the repairer of streets. Now I'm not saying today we leave here and we get our bucket out and, and a, yeah, and fill the pot. That's not we're not called to be council workers that way. Does that make sense? I don't know how to fill a pothole in. Amen. But here's the thing. I know a God who can make it happen. I know the power of prayer. I know the power of, and I know this, the Bible says, by the blessing of the upright, the city is exalted. Or we could say by the blessing of the upright, Glasgow flourishes because of the preaching of his word and the praising of his name. You want to bless Glasgow? Preach his word and praise his name. Just turn around and say, Glasgow, be blessed. We praise the name of the Lord over you. And we preach the gospel. We would have healed Babylon, Jeremiah says, if they'd only come and asked. there would have been healed. We would have shown Nicola. That's not going to work for you, sweetheart. Amen? That's not going to to fly. Or as some preachers say in America, that old dog won't hunt. Oh, I don't want to hear from you Christian folks, all you bigots, all you John Knox lovers. Amen? Oh, I, 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 I can see the John Knox in you. Amen? We don't want that bigotry in our parliament You already got bigotry, you just got the wrong kind. We would have healed Babylon. See, I believe that's what the Lord wants us. See, John Knox had that. John Knox was, I wouldn't say first and foremost, but certainly in terms of his ministry, he was a pastor. He'd, he'd a pastor's heart. People think well, John Knox just about denouncing and condemning and ranting. He was a pastor. Everywhere he went, they asked him a pastor. He had a pastor's heart. He had a pastor's heart for the nation. And he, he was a chaplain in that he was a pastor to kings, to royalty, including Mary, Queen of Scots. And it wasn't just every time we Mary, Queen of Scots, he was sh- shouting and ranting and raving. He would have brought Mary, Queen of Scots into a relationship with Jesus. Yeah. Babylon under her, because that's what Scotland was, would have been healed. <coughs> Scotland under Sturgeon could have been a far better place. I'm going to say this. Shoot me down. I remember when SNP, listen, I'm not, I'm not in any way an SNP supporter or a nationalist. I'm a unionist. But I remember when Salmon first got into power. Things were run far better than under Labour for a, for a season, a very short season. Uh, The roads were better. Everything was better under Salmon. Because he left because that siren call of independence destroyed him. And it's destroyed Sturgeon. In fact, Salmon said the other day, he says, you have to separate the governance of the nation, doing things well, making sure services and so on, from the independence cause. He's right about that. I just don't believe in independence cause at all. I don't think it's of God. And we would have healed Babylon, it says, but she is not healed. Forsake her and let us go everyone into his own country for her judgment reacheth unto heaven and is lifted up even to the skies. That's, that's what happened the other day. The Lord hath brought forth her righteousness. Come and let us declare in Zion the work of the Lord our God. Or let us declare... In Ecclesia, in the gathering, the work of the Lord. Now, we weren't the only people. I, was, I mean, I was quite shocked the other night in a meeting, and, and, I, and we were talking about And I thought some of the folks there, I actually thought they would be Sturgeonites. And they were the ones cheering the loudest. Because it doesn't matter your politics, it doesn't matter your background. People understand this is going too far. Babylon's grip in Scotland has gone too far. And, you know, that's the entire reason for the, the gathering, is that we would have a mobilization. Not just, you know, oh, let's get our placards, let's get down to George Square, all that. We would have a mobilization in the spirit more fervent prayer, decreeing the will of God over Scotland. That's what John Knox did. Give me Scotland or I die. John Knox went before the throne of glory and said, "I, I am not going to be able to exist or survive here on this earth if you don't give me Scotland. Desperation. He paid the price. And God is looking for us today and, and he had the fearlessness to do what we're talking about here, confront Babylon. We're not just talking about confronting Babylon. Just before I came out, I found a wee booklet that somebody had handed in for, from Jack Glass. You know, I loved Jack Glass. I loved the fervency of the man, the zeal of the man, but, you know, he liked a placard or two, didn't he? They liked to protest. And you know, I remember him going to a meeting. I was in a meeting once, and he was there protesting. And the guy he was protesting against was Ian Paisley. They did a fallout. So you go, and there's the placards. And and we need that confrontational thing. And John Knox had it in spades. He had it in abundance. He had plenty of it. But, and I don't believe it. that was all John Knox. Like I said, he had a pastor's heart. What I'm and, and what I'm saying to you is, is that we have got to understand that there is a confronting of Babylon, and we have to be fearless in doing it. But there is this other dimension to it. We would have healed Babylon, and that is why we rejoice at what happened on Wednesday there. But there should be a sadness in our hearts that it became a necessity. Because we we ought not live in a country where we have to pray out our national leader. And let me just say this, that we can, the church or the ecclesia needs to wake up that we have that authority. There's too many people, ah, we'll just have to put up with it. Till the Lord comes back, oh, we're going to be raptured soon, I've got my bags packed, I'm ready to go. Friends, please don't bring that in here. Okay, we're a victorious army in here. But we should weep because we have to sometimes exercise the authority that God has given us to remove despots, incompetents, people who are just stubbornly walking in that pharaoh mantle that they didn't get from the Lord. God had another mantle for Nicholas Sturgeon. God has another mantle for any leader who chooses to walk in globalism or or be a Pharaoh or or reject him. And if they walked in God's mantle, if they walked in God's authority, if they humbled themselves under the mighty hand of God that he may exalt them in due time, that, that, that that would they would be a blessing to the people. And we need to pray. Somebody like that replaces Nicola Sturgeon. And I'm going to get a little bit political here, but it's nothing to do with politics. In fact, it's not political at all. I'm just trying to say... We have a fundamental issue here. And I want to share this. Because it's one thing getting rid of a, of a leader that, that's Babylon. But if you get another Babylonian leader in. And it's time that we face this in a mature way as God's people, as the ecclesia, and say, well, what, what's God's will for Scotland? I, I put it to you politics is absolutely irrelevant when it comes to what God wants. Aye, but we have to pray in, we have to pray in uh, a good leader now. Define a good leader. Because I can give you one. I I preached it the other night at Bible College. He that ruleth over men must be just ruling in the fear of God. That was David's gold standard of leadership that he gave to the last words of David. Witnessed by Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. If you don't have that, you don't have a leader that God can endorse. So it comes down to one simple thing. What is God's will for Scotland? See, Jesus didn't pray, he didn't say, sorry, in the Lord's Prayer, well, what you have to do is, you have to figure out the best leader to pray in. Okay? You have to look at all the parties, or you have to look at all the factions and say, well, we like that one because... He said, no, just pray thy kingdom come, thy will be done. Okay? Now, let me just say this to you. There are no politics in heaven. There are no politicians in heaven. There's only kingdom. When is a generation going to arise that understands that? Because when we try to, you know, I've had people already ask me, so what's your thoughts about Kate Forbes? I mean, she's a Christian. She, she, She loves the Lord. She's a believer. But let me just say this to you folks, and I know some of you will resonate with this. L- listen to this. If Kate Forbes still believes that Scotland, that, that the United Kingdom should be broken up, and that's not God's will, why on earth would you want her in? Oh, she knows the Lord, she loves the Lord. Then she needs to be, have the revelation of God's will for Scotland and the rest of the United Kingdom. Not be thrust into a job where she's forced to press for independence if it's against God's will. And secondly, she's backed up by all the well-meaning but totally gullible and clueless Christians. Oh, we're praying for Kate. Let's pray for Kate. you understand? We need to be far more mature because let me just say this to you. It's not about, oh, can we get a Christian? I, I want a Christian first minister. I want a Christian Prime Minister. I want a Christian leader in Glasgow City Council. I want a Christian Provost. And they've got a mayor now as well. They've got them all. They create all these posts. I want them all to be Christians. But let me just say this to you right now Jesus says, in that day, many will come to me. Go and read what many means. It doesn't mean oh, a lot. It actually means a lot more than a lot. And they will say to me, Oh Lord, oh glory, <laughs> where's my crown? Where's my reward? I preached the gospel. I cast out devils. I had a YouTube channel and I was on God TV. I was a mighty, mighty minister. I did all those miracles. Remember the miracles? Did you see them, Lord? I know you, I know, I know you were involved, Lord. But I did all those things in your name. And the Lord says, Jesus says, In that day I will say to them, Depart from me. I never knew you. Did you not see me in YouTube, Lord? I had 1.3 million followers. Did you not see my program on Revelation TV? I don't know if Revelation TV is still going. It happens in TBN. I was in Sid Roth. It's supernatural. Ah, they, He had me on because I did the miracles. I cast out devils. I wrote books. I had all my DVD sets, my CDs. Depart from me. I never knew you. Because you did not do the will of the Father in heaven. What I'm trying to say, and I'm a bit dramatic, but I'm, I'm trying to get that across to you. It's not, I'm born again, and I, you know, I love the Lord, so I'll, I, I can, I, I, you know. It's, do you do God's will? I would rather take an unsaved man or woman in an office of power who would be humble enough to say, we're going to do it the Bible way, we're going to, we're going to do it the right way, the decent way, than some born-again Christian who pursues policies that are against the will of God. Amen. The Americans have this obsession, we want a born-again president. Remember way back, Jimmy, Jimmy Carter, he's born-again. We always want a born-again president. Hope that's sufficiently American. <laughs> but Americans are, We to have a born-again guy. Well, let me just say this to you. Some of the ones that claimed they were born again my goodness me the stuff they were getting up to amen warmongering bringing destruction anyway, i'm not going to get into it all the point you know, and then uh, trump i don't know the f- i i i, 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 I to say this. And and, and I need to bring this to a close, but I want to say this. And again, this is why we need the Knox mantle, because John Knox didn't suffer charlatans. John Knox was a man true to God. His influence went beyond the church and touched society because he brought kingdom to Scotland. Kingdom government, kingdom concepts, kingdom vision. We need to get the youngsters educated. We need to get the sick looked after. We need to make sure that people don't live in poverty. We need to lift Scotland out of the darkness and, and bring the light of the gospel to it. And and, and, and have and sanitation, all the things, that, because he was more than just a preacher. I don't know, some Americans, I've got to say this, they have Trump up here, and Jesus somewhere down here. Amen? And I I keep hearing this. Oh, there's a secret government. Trump's running it. And everything that's going on, don't look, because Trump is in a bunker somewhere running the nations. Folks, come on. You understand what I'm saying? Babylon is bad. Friends, Babylon's also mad. And we need the bad and the mad and the sad swept away so that the glad can come in. The gladness that comes from the gospel and comes from the kingdom and comes from joy and peace and righteousness in the Holy Ghost. We need the kingdom of God in Scotland, not all that junk this out there. Thank you, Jesus. And I want to say this. I, I don't know if, if, if this woman, this Kate Forbes or whatever, I just want God's choice. And let me just say this. This, the, the, the problem here is is if independence, and I'm putting the if there, I don't, I don't have an if in my heart, but I'm being generous. If independence is not God's will, and anybody that sits in that, in Butte House, with that as their agenda, is working against God's will. Amen. So I'll leave it for folks to decide, but I'll tell you what, it's a question you must settle before God. Before you start praying in your favorite candidate and then endorsing them with your prayers. I'm gonna say this, I've said it before. I remember during the independence debate at the time and it was you know the last time we had the referendum, running up to I remember Stevie telling me he was in a meeting. Um and Stevie as a unionist, he doesn't hide it. But in the meeting he says I didn't want folk, I didn't want to push my agenda, I didn't want to tell everybody what I was. He says, so people were asking me, how do we pray, Stevie? He says, so I just thought, and I told him, he says, just pray that God's will be done in the referendum. I mean, that's wisdom, isn't it? That's a spirit of wisdom speaking. He says, this woman came up to me. You're demonized for saying that. You're, you have a demon. You're demonized for suggesting that we pray God's will be done. He says, she was a nationalist. See, they they didn't like healing. Well, let's just pray. Let's leave it in God's hands. Amen. Let let God God judge. Lord, let your will be done. Folks don't like that if their spirit's not right. But that's what Jesus said, thy kingdom come, thy will be done. And I'm just, you know, it's not about independence, v. unionism. I'll tell you what it's about, finding out from God what His will is in the matter, okay. and then being unafraid to say or bold to say. Oh, but you don't know oh, you don't know what Prince uh, King Charles is up to. you don't know what Westminster, oh no well, 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 well friends, that's why we pray. Because let me tell you this right now, okay? if we leave it up to that bunch through in Edinburgh. Look at the mess they've made and are making. It's not about, let me just say this to you, it's not about where we're governed from in terms of is it Westminster, is it Holyrood, is it Brussels, is it Davros Davos, sorry, where uh, the Bond villain hangs out. Blofeld himself, Klaus Blofeld. Didn't Ian Fleming know a thing or two? A baldy geezer in a dodgy suit, trying to run the world. Amen. He called him Ernst van Bloefeld. Today we know him as Klaus Schwab. You see, what it's about is Babylon must fall. And God's kingdom must, God's government must come into force. I could could go on, I want to, to, but I'm going to leave it there because I've been at this now for 55 minutes. That's okay, another 55. Eh, Folks, we need the government of God. We need the kingdom of God. We need the rule of God. It doesn't matter the politics. Politics are irrelevant to us and will be. There will probably still be a parliament, but they will just really be an assembly, not of irrelevance, but politics must become irrelevant so that Scotland be governed, so that people like you and I say, no, you're not doing that. You're just not doing it. Amen? And they will be terrified to raise a a law or put something forward as law that the people of God will get angry about. Kiss the son lest he be angry. And ye perish in the way. Amen. It's not about being a dictatorship or a tyranny or or some kind of Protestant popery. And all those things, by the way, were hurled at Knox and his successors. And they're still today. Oh, that Calvinism. That oh, that was that was too strict. They, they, you know, that was hate crime, that was bigotry, that was friends. I'm not saying that things like that can't happen. And they have happened. Religion does that. The gospel doesn't. The kingdom doesn't. Amen. The true church, the ecclesia of God, we're not about that. We're about not bringing men under bondage. We're about setting men free. And I believe that's what John Knox was about. And that's why it happened. Because in John Knox, God found a man who would... Pay the price without fear. Confront Babylon that God's purpose in Scotland, in the earth, in Scotland, would come to pass. And I believe the Spirit of the Lord is saying, not just does here today, but in general, I believe, across Scotland and the nations right now, will you have that same determination? That Knox had to take a nation. Will we tonight go to our beds and before we go say, Lord, I cannot exist unless you give me Scotland. I cannot exist until I see Scotland bathed with gospel glory. I cannot exist until I see the kingdom of God rise, until I see that destroying wind rise. And Lord, let it rise up in me, and use my lips, and use my voice, and use my witness and my testimony, my very life, to pull down Babylon in Scotland, to destroy. And let me just say this to you: We spoke about the SNP, spoke about independence. Let me just say this: The rest are arguably worse, and certainly no better. Labour, Tory, Liberal, that green mob, as David rightly says, they're running Scotland. Their ideologies are coming through in the SNP because we need, the SNP needs them to stay in power. So they get they get, a, they get a, a, a free ace card. Or you'll be doing this or you'll lose our support. So the Greens, and he's right, the Greens are running Scotland and you look at the power they've got in other countries. And let me just say this to you, that ain't no Christian party. That ain't no kingdom party. Anyway, we could go on. Have I been too political? I know, because I condemn them all, truthfully. Politics is the counterfeit. And don't, I'm not saying that we shouldn't prayerfully and with wisdom use our vote and so on, but if, if you let me just say this, if you were waiting votes to oust her that just left, you, you would be hoping somebody would use your ballot from the grave because she could have stayed as long as she wanted except for the intervention of the Zion people of God. Thank God it happened. Thank God we were part of it. And if you want to claim credit, it was my prayers, it was my decree. I know some people are doing that. That's great. You can have the credit. But I give glory to God that she's gone. But there's a sadness because the Bible... And let me just say this. I should I'll close with this. I should have said this and I will close. Our default setting as believers is not to pray leaders out. It's to pray blessing and support and strength. It's to pray for them. We're not all or against all governments. Far from it. I want to emphasize that. We are for government and we pray for governments and we pray for governmental leaders. But if they, they go too far and step over a line, it, they must be removed. And that's the sadness because let me just say this, maybe if we were doing more praying for our leaders, we wouldn't they wouldn't mess up so bad. So I urge you today, make prayer for kings and all that are in authority as we're commanded to do by Scripture. The Bible says, do it first of all. Pray for all men, pray for kings and leaders. That's your priority. No anti genie sorto, no, can I get a new, new motor? The things are fine. Pray first and foremost that God's purpose in Scotland and Britain and the nations would come to pass. The Lord bless you folks.